0: Business Class, a podcast sponsored by the iBear MBA program of the USC Marshall School of Business, expert insight into the world of business.
1: This is Dick Drobnik in Jakarta, uh, having the opportunity to interview Edwin Surajaya, uh, the chairman of Saratoga, a very large, I'll call it investment banking company. Edwin is a Marshall School alum from the mid-1970s, and Edwin and his father, William Surajaya, have helped support the IBEAR MBA program for many, many years. And it's a great pleasure to be here in his headquarters in Jakarta. Edwin, would you please tell us a little bit about Saratoga and, and its uh, areas of interest and what some of the big opportunities are for Saratoga and, and what some of the challenges are, if there are any challenges?
0: Of course, there are challenges as we live in this uncertain world, right? Thank you for uh, spending time with us, uh, Professor Dropnik. Saratoga is a PE, private equity fund that is uh, managing third parties' money. So that was back in 1998.
1: Right at the point of the Asian financial crisis.
0: Yes, because... uh, Right after the crisis, I see that there will be a lot of opportunities for those uh, who, who know what to pick. As soon as uh, we started doing this, I look at a few op- uh, opportunities, one of which is uh, the company that I started in Astra. Astra is a good company, it's in uh, microchip. I set it up when I was still in Astra then, and then Astra in 1998, 1999, uh, they need money. And they don't know what to do with this Astra Microtronics because they want to sell it. So that was my first uh, PE type of investment.
1: For, for the listeners here, uh, Astra was Indonesia's leading uh, international company which was a, a joint venture with Toyota originally
0: no astra is uh, basically uh, was uh, founded by my father in 1957 from a small trading firm and then later on uh, when uh, suharto came into power he seized the uh, opportunity and become a big uh, player so he uh, imported 1200 units of uh, gm trucks mm because he knew that uh, Suharto wants to develop the country, you need vehicles. And I went with my late uncle to uh, the US, and we were just told by GM, we don't need you. <laughs> so, but then my dad said, OK, then we'll just buy the trucks. That's how we, he started into automobile. And uh, this is just a little bit background. So when Toyota wanted to come in here, my dad said, no, you cannot take over uh, the uh, assembly plan. Why don't you uh, take us as your partner? So that's how, it's, uh, how Astra started in Toyota in, or in uh, automobiles, with GM, actually.
1: What, what year was that? Sixty-seven, sixty-eight.
0: Oh, okay, so right after the chaos of Gestapo yeah. and and so uh, uh, Toyota started uh, with my dad in nineteen seventy. To the loss of GM, hmm. because it was an old GM plant that my dad rented from the government that wanted to jumpstart the uh, assembly of cars. They wanted to use that. My dad said, no, I'm not for sale. I don't mind working with Come you. Come in as a partner. Yeah. That's actually what I learned from my dad is, you have to know when the opportunity comes, grab it and capitalize on it. So I capitalized on it by asking TPG.
1: So you capitalized on the crisis of 98? Yeah. And that crisis led to people being cash hungry, Uh, cash short to pay loans and it led to depreciation of asset values. If you could bring in money from the outside, you could find some good acquisitions.
0: Exactly. And I guess uh, a lot of people come over and see me for opportunities because they think that uh, I know a thing or two better than others. Whereas actually it's just pure, what, luck? being at the uh, the right place at the right time. Well,
1: on luck, in the late 1980s, Armin Hammer, the the oil tycoon, was the commencement commencement speaker for iBear, and he was about 90 years old at the time, but sharp as a tack. Hmm. And at the end of his commencement speech, he congratulated the iBear graduates, and then said, some people have accused me of being lucky, and they're right that all 50 of you IBR graduates can be lucky. You have to work seven days a week, 12, 14 hours a day, but that's not enough. You have to take some risks. And if you take enough risks, and you work and you're smart, you'll get lucky.
0: (laughs) I think uh, I uh, subscribe to that. Because I wasn't born as an entrepreneur. I was a forced entrepreneur because uh, I was working for my dad until uh, Astra. We had to sell Astra for uh, the price of keeping our name intact.
1: What what year was that in?
0: Ninety-three, February ninety-three. We sold Astra, so uh, I was jobless from then uh, and didn't know what what to do. I couldn't. Uh, apply for a job because I don't have a uh, good CV.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have no CV. (laughs) I have no
0: CV, exactly. But uh, lo and behold, God's been very good to me. Not long after uh, we sold Astra, even though I I don't have any uh, big company to back me up or a balance sheet to support me, in spite of all that, I won a uh, World Bank sanctioned tender in 96.
1: Well, for telecommunications Telecommunication. in, in Sumatra? Was it? No,
0: in West Java. West.
1: Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, from my Astra years, I knew that telecom was going to privatize. And I thought that uh, after having no Astra, I have no chance to do it. But I think uh, what you said about Armand Hammer, I applied it, I said I'm going to have to try it. And uh, I don't care how many, how many competitors there are, I, unless I try it, I would not know. And uh, it's not because uh, I'm just smart, it's just I'm willing to take the risk of competing against more than 50 strong competitors
1: 50, 5 zero.
0: 50 five, zero. one after another for the competition i still won until the final where you have to show how good you are i was still in there i won but it's uh, incredible that i could have won it against all odds and this part i thank God for it because I have to improvise as if I have a strong organization and all the capital behind me which I don't. I use some ingenuity, I ask friends to help me, I ask my Astra friends to back me up as if that's my organization. When I needed a bank guarantee, I went to Bank of America I told them that uh, I need a support. I don't have a balance sheet, but if I win this, I'll let you do the lead underwriter. <laughs> Based on that, they gave me a very committed letter, which means actually nothing. Um, if
1: you don't win, it means yeah. nothing, but there's no risk to them.
0: There's no risk to them.
1: They're basically saying, we think Edwin's a capable guy, and there's a chance of him winning. Then and he a big business. He'll
0: have the... Uh, Financial support. Yeah. So that helped me. I cannot just ask for a local bank because they it not, would not be... Not credible be, with, the, with the World with Bank. The World Bank, exactly. And I had uh, a willing partner. At that time, he's just a uh, telecom expert out of Canada. He knows how to write it it up. That is credible for the World Bank. Now, after we got uh, almost awarded, I had to have a real operator. That's when I was scrambling. I went to a few uh, big companies. I cannot get it. Finally, one company. US West that's in uh, Denver probably no no Uh, yeah yeah out of Denver at that time they uh, they said okay Edwin we'll 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 fight with you
1: we'll be the operator
0: we'll be the operator and they said okay let's uh, give it a try we won (laughs)
1: that's not something we teach in the normal MBA courses no this is entrepreneurship at a very high level
0: but again, uh, as I said, I wasn't born as an entrepreneur. But, uh, if you are willing to take the risk, and at that time I looked at it, you got nothing to lose, Edwin. You only have to gain. But I spent almost two years fighting for that.
1: So if, if you and your family had not lost Astra, you would not have Saratoga. So this, this is mm, the first building block of Saratoga, mm, is the… The, the, the telecom. The, West Java Telecom license. And then from there, when the crisis hit of 98, you already had some capital, you had some credibility. What, what's the composition of your investors? Is it 50% from outside Indonesia or?
0: In terms of money, it's 90%. Outside of Indonesia.
1: Yeah. And is it primarily institutional like World Bank and the International Finance Corp or is it individuals? or
0: Institutions. Up- Institutions. There's probably only a handful of individuals, including some Indonesians, but mainly it's institutions such as the World Bank, Life, uh Coop, I don't know whether you know what Coop is, it's uh, from Malaysia, then uh, GIC, Temasek, Kasana.
1: So these big sovereign wealth funds need
0: to find somewhere to put their money. Mm -hmm.
1: So what are one or two of the big challenges that you see that you have to overcome?
0: The biggest challenge is uh, the country itself. If the country is not doing well, I cannot perform in a chaotic situation because then our investors are uh, basically putting their money or trusting their money with us in the hope that they will get at least 20 to 25 percent return. Per year? Per year, (laughs) yeah. That's what you've been achieving? Some of the deals that we have done is… I cannot write it down here because the return is infinite. (laughs) But uh, it's not because… I'm smarter than others. No. It's just that you get the opportunity, and you have to know where to say yes or no. It's almost like this, like a farmer. You toil the land, you prepare the uh, irrigation, and then you choose the right seed. Once you plant it, you rely on God for the weather.
1: But so, so one of your concerns and and your your challenges is the stability of indonesia correct and under the uh, recent administration the jokowi administration at least from the outside it looks like it's quite stable and, and prosperous and growing and it looks like at least from the outside that in two years uh, he'll be campaigning from a good platform and and probably be re-elected so from the outside, Indonesia looks prosperous and stable.
0: I think if you're saying from the outside, it's very true, but from the inside, that's even better to me, okay? Because I know he's doing the right things. I cannot guarantee that he will succeed, but from what I have seen, how he's doing it, he's very clever.
1: So what's another challenge? So, Indonesia, you say, is going to be prosperous and stable, it looks like, for a long time to come.
0: The other challenge is the building of the toll road. It took us uh, more than eight years to build a toll road that's 116 kilometers.
1: Because it was hard to acquire the property?
0: Yeah, uh, clear, land clearing is very difficult. And uh, had I not promised my dad, my late father, I would probably give up halfway.
1: <laughs> so, two personality traits here. One is not be too egotistic, uh, really check and check and check. How, how do you do that? Do you have friends and advisors, employees who can, yeah, tell, you, can tell you the truth even though you may not see it that way?
0: Yeah, you, you have to be willing to listen to others and make judgment whether his or her uh, argument is valid. And if not, then you you challenge it. If you don't think it's valid, you challenge it. But uh, in all that, you have to s- subside your ego, right? You cannot just say, no, I don't care about what you're saying, I want to do it this way. There are times that I want to say that. But lucky, looking back, I refrain, so I I get the best uh, feedback. It also shows that uh, in all our investments, probably what 27 investments, only two didn't go that well, but it's not a total loss. So you also have to weigh your, uh, not your ability, but how much can you afford to lose? You cannot bet the whole house, right? Sure.
1: Well, uh, let me, uh, your time is valuable, and let me sort of bring this interview to a close by asking you uh, a little bit about, not necessarily Saratoga, but as as an important executive in the Indonesian society, uh, Indonesia. And Mexico and Japan and Korea are now faced with a a different United States administration, and it looks like President Trump is going to be a person who pulls the United States back from global agreements. His cancellation of the TPP agreement, his uh, quickly saying we're going to renegotiate NAFTA and some other things. Do you how do you think this might affect Indonesia's? Uh, Uh, interactions in Southeast Asia or more broadly in the world. It's it's a founding member of of ASEAN. Uh, It's a a member of the G20. And um, do you foresee any any changes or any challenges for Indonesia and how it might respond?
0: Definitely it has uh, ramifications uh, for Indonesia, especially for uh its export products. Now uh, one of the uh, reasons why I went into consumer goods is because I have to make sure that our investment is not export oriented heavy. Copper and gold, yes, it's uh, very dependent on the the world trade. but. funny that uh, uh, President Trump's uh, behavior will at least be good for gold. If the, It's uncertain. People will go and buy gold, price of gold will go up. Copper may not be the case if there's not much trade.
1: Yeah, if there are trade wars between the US yeah. and China.
0: Or- so uh, copper price will stay low. Although, in our case, our uh, biggest chunk of copper will not be produced for the next uh, it's, it will take another, at least five years before we have to produce it to get the property into yeah. production now, but uh, having said that, you have to plan it now that's very true on the, uh, on the other uh, spectrum for coal, we have already we are no longer a coal company. We are an integrated pit-to-port, now pit-to-consumer. We are producing electricity. So more and more of our coal will be domestic used for, uh, yeah. So that's, uh, you can call it uh, smart, but I call it luck. Because we didn't know that it's going to happen this way, we just go for, uh, we, we need to get more stable. Stay, because I foresee it that coal will be less and less attractive for the world. Because of climate change. Climate issues. change and all that. And uh, for that uh, I will be working more and more for uh, the people of Indonesia
1: by producing the power here. So again, diversifying a little bit away from exports to the the local market.
0: And hopefully we can send more students to USC.
1: We would love to see more students from from Indonesia in general, and uh, we we would like to see some from Saratoga.
0: I'm working on it.
1: And Uh, I I would like to see one or two in the mid-career IBEAR MBA program.
0: That's Uh, what I told… Michelle. I said, Michelle, we have to do it. Are you in agreement? He said, yeah.
1: Well, let's shake hands on that. (laughs) Edwin, thank you very much for your
0: time. Thank you. Business class. Expert insight into the world of business. The host is Dick Drobnik, producer Pankaj Bhushan, director Dan Griffin, web developer Rick Pine, and I am Robin Garthwaite.